Welcome to Ease, the entertainment and showbiz experiences podcast. It's all things entertainment based, how to get into it and how to develop it into something once you are ready to move on. All the information people didn't tell you, forgot to tell you, or were too busy to tell you, all told through personal experiences. Welcome to Ease Podcast. We have an exciting season one lined up for you. I'm ready to share some amazing content, have you get to know some incredible artists in their field, and hope you get a laugh and some advice throughout the process. I hope you enjoy. On this week's episode, Erica Tomlinson explains all things LA, agents, auditions, working, and finding the right fit. She's now bouncing back and forth between La Rev Las Vegas, teaching, choreographing, and her own business, Infinity Lip Sisters. She gives us all tips and tricks on how to stay pretty all day, even underwater. Erica will also tell us the top five words of advice people have given her that she still uses today. Let's take a listen to this week's one-on-one. All right. Hi, Erica. How are you? I'm lovely. How are you? I'm doing great today. So just tell everybody briefly how we know each other. We know each other from our cruise ship teaching days when we both were show directors at Stiletto Entertainment in L.A. And we worked together on and off for many years and became great friends as well as co-workers, which was lovely. <laughs> yeah, that was probably, I've known you probably more than 10 years, definitely more than 10 years, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it was 2007 I mean, yeah, that was a, that was... or 2008. Oh, geez. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just age. It's fine. Just a while. <laughs> um, so you mentioned uh, cruise ship days and dancing and performing. What made you decide that you wanted to get into performing? Oh, well, I started young as a gymnast and kind of always loved to put on a show. And that was <laughs> it was through gymnastics that I put on a show like when I was a small child. My grandparents brought Santa to the house, and all I could do the whole time was say, Santa, watch me, Santa, (laughs) watch me. And so pretty much right away, I was supposed to be performing. Um, But at that time, it was gymnastics, because that's what my sister did. Mm -hmm. So I started off as a gymnast, and we were required to take two hours of dance a week. Okay, so I just would bop around doing a little bit of dance. And then gymnastics became very serious and very competitive and kind of a little this is going to be your life choice or I decided it wasn't going to be my life choice, but it was moving in a direction that I kind of didn't want it to. I didn't want to leave home. I didn't want to go into the super competitive Olympic circuit. So Mm -hmm. I figured, why not try this thing that I have fun doing for two hours a week? And I completely quit gymnastics and just went right into dance and started taking classes at, again, it was my little like little studio that was attached to the gym so it wasn't the highest quality training but it was fun and then I kind of quickly realized that this might be something that I want to do more seriously Mm -hmm. so I begged and I begged and I begged my parents to take me to the best studio in town which happened to be all the way across town and involved hours in traffic and after enough begging they finally agreed to it and that was the best decision of, you know, the start of my career, because mm-hmm. that's what truly opened up the door for me to get into this as something more than just a hobby. What what age was that? What age did you know, like, I need to be dancing? I was, well, I knew I needed to be dancing. I quit gymnastics when I was, oh, geez, I think I was 12. Okay. 
that sounds about right, 12, 13. But then I realized at 14 that I needed to be somewhere better and have better training. So I transferred to the new studio when I was 14. And you grew up where? That was in Colorado, right? In Colorado, yeah. In Denver, which Denver is, you know, big and expansive in suburbs. So driving all the way across town. And when when you grow up in the suburbs, that is a big feat for your parents who normally plan activities that are all within 10 minutes. So all of a sudden to ask to go far away was a big thing, but I'm so thankful they agreed. No, even I think that's even now people are running around. Parents are running around to take their, you know, one kid to soccer and then they're 30 minutes away. They're taking their daughter or son to dance. And it's a big thing right now. It's it's always been a thing. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of these struggles? So you're performing, you're traveling a lot. What are some struggles that you're facing growing up with dance and then deciding that you wanted to do it as a profession? School. School (laughs) School was always, (laughs) it wasn't necessarily a struggle. It was just, where do I find time? Because I'm very determined. And so I've always had amazing grades. I've always been involved in everything. And so then all of a sudden I started adding, I, I got on the company at my dance studio immediately. And so that meant at least three hours, if not five four to five days a week. Right. So that was my nights right there. So then it was trying to figure out, do I still do cheerleading, which I wanted to do at my school? Um, and I loved doing that. Am I still a part of the student council, which I loved? Uh, do I still assist the drama club? Do I still do student assistant? Do I like, I just was nonstop. Mm-hmm. And so it was trying to balance all of those things and fit in homework and keep my grades up. So that was the biggest struggle. And then it kind of turned quickly into I knew that I wasn't going to go to college immediately after high school. That was I was going to start dancing. What did you and decide my that? parents? Oh, uh, probably when I was 16. OK, that was a pretty. Yeah, I knew long before I had to start doing any sort of college essays or applications. I never even filled out a single one. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Because I knew long before, like, this is not for me right now. Yeah. And again, my parents were supportive and we'll kind of get into how they became supportive in a minute. But (laughs) I, that was one of the, I guess it wasn't a sacrifice, but I knew that I didn't have to take the AP bio. I didn't have to take the, essay writing classes. I didn't have to go as crazy in high school to look good for college entrance Mm because I knew that wasn't my route. So I, not the bare minimum, I still was the student body vice president. I was still the captain of my cheerleading team. I still was a peer counselor. Like I still did all of that. I Mm -hmm. just didn't go as crazy on the class load as most seniors do. And that was where I was able to find the time to then still dance, still be on scholarship at my studio, start to assist choreographers on the weekend, compete on other weekends and figure out this balancing act that now has been my life since that day. You and your your studio, correct me if I'm wrong, was a competition studio. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. It was. That's why I wanted to go there is I knew that they always won the competitions Mm -hmm. and not just like uh, we're going to clean our dancers just so they're good on stage. Ah. They train their dancers so that they are well-rounded dancers, which reads well on stage, but also at conventions. Mm -hmm. They were always the ones winning the scholarships. Ah. So I knew that they 
bred good dancers mm-hmm. and it wasn't just about performing well. I didn't want to just be at a studio where we looked clean on stage, but then in class we weren't as strong. Right. So really well-rounded dancers. And I also knew they were connected. Um, my dance teacher oh. brought in a bunch of choreographers to set pieces on us and teach master classes. So immediately I was having great choreographers from LA and Mia Michaels and D Casperi and Terry Beeman. And oh my goodness, I yeah. can't even think of all of them. No, but that's super I mean, it's connected that at yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And so that was very helpful as well. Cause you create a contact with these people. And so then you realize, Oh, this, this can be something that I do too. It wasn't just something I stared out outside of a window. It was yeah. something that was in my world. So you're, um, what people don't understand about you is you are completely organized. Like you, your <laughs> life is, I've never met somebody that is, you and Jill Hillier are the same. Like you guys are super organized and I can only imagine you have to stay organized to be doing all those things in your high school years. So you're like, you're saying you're, you're holding your connections, you're dancing at your studio and all of a sudden becomes that time when you're deciding to do this as a profession. What decisions are you making? Where are you going? What's, what's the next step for you? So the next step was a compromise between me and my mom. I wanted to move to LA. That was my next step. Mm -hmm. Like I I'm going to graduate. I'm going to move to LA and that's it. Like, boom, go. And mom was a little, little concerned (laughs) about her 18 year olds moving to Los Angeles, which now I can completely understand. Um, so I had auditioned for Stiletto Entertainment mm-hmm. a long I was it was when I was still in high school. I was young because my sister had worked for them. Oh. And so they came to her college and I was visiting her at college and they were running an audition and my sister was like, Well just come. Just come and do it and meet everybody. So I think I auditioned for Stiletto when I was sixteen, maybe. Yeah. And met everybody and pretty much right away they were like well call us when you're 18. Mm -hmm. so i always had that job sitting on the table so my mom was like hey why don't you do a cruise ship first and get a little money in your bank account get a little experience and then you can move to la and that was her compromise of i'm not gonna guilt you about not going to college right away but i do want you in a semi-protected environment before you just up and move to Los Angeles. Okay. So we, it was, it was a little bit, I was not the happiest about it, but I also kind of realized, you know what? It's one year is literally what I thought. Like, all right, I'll do this contract for one year. I also had a lot of good friends who were one year younger than me at the studio. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it kind of worked out well. Uh, Once I got the contract details of when I was going to be finishing, I was like, Oh, this will work out great. Cause then, all of us can move to Los Angeles together and it'll be perfect. And you'll have money. So, and I'll have money, which yeah. now I'm learning was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so I did the first contract and actually fell in love with it. It was a compromise that I kind of went into realize, thinking I was only going to do six months, get off and never step foot on a cruise ship again, which now we all know is the funniest thing ever because I fell in love with it. I had a blast. I extended on my first contract, which means I signed six months 
And then they gave us the option to stay on and sign another six month contract. Mm -hmm. So I did that. So I was on my first ship for an entire year and loved it. Came home, moved to LA and then kind of started expanding my career. But I always kept cruise ships as a part of my career and would go out and do them about every other year and help set up new shows on new ships Mm -hmm. and which I loved. And then it turned into many other things. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. No, you had a long career with, with uh, a long still even continuing now. I mean, there's always, when you get into the, that industry, it, it kind of supports you. And if you love it, it's a, it's a great industry. Um, even if you don't love it, it's a great industry sometimes. Um, I tell a lot of young dancers that if they don't quite know what they want to do and they're slightly on the fence, about college professional dancing, I always encourage them. And not that I'm saying education isn't important because I think it is. Mm -hmm. But if they're on the fence, I always say that first year, a cruise ship is a great opportunity to kind of find yourself and figure out if you want to go professional or if maybe you want to go back to school and go the college route. Sure. It's, I think you learn a lot about yourself being away from home. And again, my mom was totally right. It's a protected environment. You have a bed, you have a home, you have food, you have a paycheck, you have a job, and then you still get the freedoms of learning and performing and putting something on your resume. And then the big bonus is you're traveling the world. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's the same thing that I tell people too, is like you do what you love and you're also seeing parts of these world, parts of the world that you'll, you never would imagine seeing sometimes. Yeah, totally. So you're, um... You've gone off your extended contract and you're back in LA. What are you doing? What what struggles are you facing there now that you're on land? You've done the compromise with your mom. You're there. You're ready to go. What are you facing? Being 19 in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah. it, that was enough. Uh, the, I mean, the big, like, where do you live? Yeah. In Los Angeles, like finding an apartment was a zoo because you're 19, your credit's not great. So luckily my dad came out with me on that and helped me apartment hunt. It wasn't necessary, but I was like, if need be, will you co-sign with me? Like, yeah. I don't know if they're going to let a 19 year old rent a place, which they did. Um, where is safe? What side of town is good? All of that. So that was the big struggle. Number one. And then I had my group of friends, but just starting to connect with other people and making new friends and new connections. And then I was super lucky again, uh, with the connections I had from my studio, Brian Friedman gifted all of us that moved out the gift of walking us into all of the different agencies in town and allowing us to pick who we signed with, which was huge. Like that's like a very generous gift. Um, but again, he had been working with us for years at the studio and he knew our training and he knew our responsibility. Like he knew that he was going to be taken care of and we weren't going to represent him poorly. So we walked into all the different major agencies, block clear MSA. uh, That might be it at the time. I'm not sure. I think that was in at the time. And then we each got to pick, I think that might have been it. Yeah. And yeah. we each got to pick who we signed with. So I chose MSA and I signed with them. Um, a few of my other girlfriends chose one other girlfriend chose clear and two other girls chose block. So it was very fun to see all of us choose 
different agencies based upon how we felt in our meetings and what they were offering us and kind of what we felt that agency represented the best is where we kind of went into. I'm more commercial. Mm-hmm. And at the time, that's what MSA was doing. Um, my other girlfriend was a little bit into singing and musical theater. So she gotcha. went with clear. And then mm-hmm. my other two girlfriends were major hip hop girls. So they went with block. And again, yeah. it's evolved over time. We're talking, this was a long time ago. Yeah. So not saying anything that that's what those agencies are doing now, but that was kind of where we felt comfortable being represented. And it sounds like you really took your time to talk to these agencies and really know how they were going to help you evolve your career. Absolutely. It's, um, and again, I know it's tricky when an agent's like, we want to sign you. Of course, immediately people are like, okay, yeah, but it's a working relationship and you Mm -hmm. have to make sure that they understand who you are as a person because they're going to be representing you. And I think what I've learned now is it's you need to even get in the door and your agent gets you in the door. But if they don't know who you are, they won't send you into the right door, if that makes any sense. And so it's about making sure they know exactly who you are and that they have a lot of experience in representing that or they're kind of known for that just because there's so many jobs and there's so many dancers. You don't want to get lost in the shuffle having a strong relationship with your agent is very, very important. And when they send emails, respond. And when Mm -hmm. they ask you to update this, update it and go in from time to time and check in and say hi and bring coffee and just be known of who you are. Because again, there's just so many people and you don't want to just get lost in that shuffle. Yeah. I know that was some advice that they had given me too when I was there. They said you're you're only going to get out of you're only going to get enough out of it being an agency as, as much as you put into it. So if you're going to go if you're going to kind of tiptoe around it, you're only going to get that much out of it. So they said, you know, yep. they this was like at the just at the peak of social media starting. They were like, you have to start your social media. You have to get your reels. You have to do all this. And it always seemed like they were pushing a lot. But then in retrospect, you look back and you're like, oh, yeah, well, I really need all of those things to get into that room or get in front of that person or, you know, get those auditions. So, I mean, you you really do get out of it what you put into it. So you're totally yeah, right. Yeah, one, 1,000%. Yep. Where was, uh, quick question, where did you wind up living when you moved to LA? <laughs> Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood. <laughs> My first apartment was in straight up Hollywood. I was off of Hollywood Boulevard and Western, which is about two miles east of Hollywood and Highland, which okay. is the big like walk of stars, which yeah. again, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. But th- that two miles heading east was an interesting drive always. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a lot of things. And then I would say within two years, I kept that apartment for probably two, maybe three years. I moved over the hill where most of the dancers live okay. or did at the time in the valley. Yeah. And moved into North Hollywood and then Studio City. And then eventually my sister and I finally bought a place right out of like Toluca Lake and Burbank, which yeah. now I love that area. Yeah, of course. So there, when you moved there, you were in Hollywood, down, like pretty much downtown-ish, starry area. Uh, like, yeah, like straight Hollywood because downtown is further period. away, but like straight up Hollywood. Did you? <laughs> like, when you think of Pretty Woman Hollywood, that's, that's the where one. I was. Yeah. <laughs> So you were in Hollywood at period. 19 at 19. Are you 
Are there even auditions around there when you were growing up or when you were there? I mean, auditions are everywhere. Yeah. Yes. There sure. was a studio that was in Ho- – there were two or three studios in Hollywood. And then I would say probably six or seven big ones in the valley, which just right up and over the hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to have a car. If you're going to L.A., there is no option. You yeah. have to have a car. So if you don't have a car, L.A. might not be your scene. <laughs> um, and you need to be able to get around and have your car functioning. So – Again, my agency was really close, but the auditions sometimes were not. You right. And you have to figure out traffic and how much time and the line and warming up and signing in. And an audition may be at 10, but I was waking up at 6 o'clock to yeah. get ready, get in makeup, get in my car, sit in traffic, sign in, warm up, and then finally start a 10 o'clock audition. Sure. No, that makes sense. I remember, I remember those days all so well. Um, I remember sitting in lines with you for auditions. Yeah. <laughs> forever. <laughs> what forever. seems like forever. Yep. Um, so you're going, you're doing all the auditions, and you decide, when did you decide, hey, I'm, I'm leaving L.A.? Well, I kept, that was where I kept my cruise ship card in my back pocket, always. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to kind of get into this is going to sound weird but the inaugural cast which was i would say some of their top dancers and singers that they would bring in to create new shows for the new ships and that was something that came around about every two years Mm -hmm. for a while yeah so it would be a nice little break from la i would be busy hustling i'd be busy working i all of the things and then and I'd get a call that it was time for an inaugural ship and I'd go and I'd create new shows and get to be with my good friends, go do a six month contract, come back to LA, hustle, work, all of that, jobs, agents, auditions for about a year, get another call back out on the cruise ship. So I was in and out of Los Angeles almost for 10 years before I got the call for Larev, and then mm. that was when I finally moved out of Los Angeles. So you're going every two years. Do you, are you realizing that you're taking a few steps back in LA, or do you feel like when you come back, you're re- even more ready to go? No, totally steps back, because LA is a connection city. Yeah. So that was something that every time I came home, I struggled with, mm-hmm. which... As I got older, I kind of learned to strike preemptively. I would start to reach out to people within the last two months of my contract Uh, and let them know, hey, I'm going to be back. Hey, let's grab dinner. Hey, let's go grab a do a class together. Let's and let them know that I'm coming back. But it literally every time I came home kind of felt like I was starting from square one. Mm -hmm. Go back into the agency. Hey, I'm back. Let's update my headshots every time. So it definitely, I would say, hurt what maybe could have been my career in L.A., mm-hmm. but I'm not at all upset about it. Like, I love where my career went. It just definitely turned it in a totally different direction than had I stayed in L.A. Um, and who knows where that would have been because right. I didn't do that option. But it was definitely something that was trickier to set up every time. Mm-hmm. But I knew that. And as long as you know that and you don't expect to walk back in to the exact same scene you left eight months ago, then you're better prepared for sure. what you're going to come into. Oh, absolutely. So you mentioned 
um, you got the call from Larev. So tell me about leading up to that, because I know Larev is a very different show than maybe you were you were dancing before. That was an agent call, which okay. was wonderful because, mm-hmm. again, my and at this time I'm with a new agency. Okay. So fast forward many years, I um, had come back from one of my contracts and went and met with my agent who they had had some turnaround in the office yep. of people leaving and starting different things. And I had stayed during all of that turnaround and had meetings and felt good about where the new people that were running the agency were going to take me. And tried it for a while, and it just wasn't working. And so then I went and left the MSA and started signing with GTA, mm-hmm. which ended up being the same agents that were my agents at MSA. And oh, okay. they know me. Mm-hmm. And that was where it was actually the first call once I re-signed with them that they said, hey, Larev is looking for dancers. And I had seen the show because I had a friend in it a couple years ago. And so I was like, well, I mean – I feel like I'm short. I kind of remember the dancers being tall, but they wanted ballroom dancers. And yeah. at that time I had just finished my, what at the time was my last cruise ship contract where I was lucky enough to have an entire show created on me and one of my good friends that was all ballroom Yeah, and realized, Ooh, I'm kind of good at this ballroom. I like it. It's something new. It's something different. Dancing with the stars is huge and exploding. And they're making kids do ballroom on So You Think You Can Dance. And I'm like, all right, I, I maybe want to go into ballroom and I have a little knack for this. So why not? I'm going to go to the audition. It also happens to be in a part of town that I need to run an errand in. Great. We'll <laughs> Kill two birds with one two stone. Two birds with one stone. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So I go to the audition. It ends up being great, a great audition. I can tell right away that they're loving me. They stand me up next to some girls who are a little taller. So I'm like, see, I knew I was short, but <laughs> I still keep dancing my butt off. I'm there probably six hours. It was a pretty long audition. Wow, yeah. They danced all the girls. They did a cut. They danced all the guys. They did a cut. They danced us together. They did a cut. Then they started partnering us up. So it was a long, a long day there. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the audition, they ask us about our swimming background. <laughs> like, Yikes. I mean... I float in the water and I worked on cruise ships. So I was around a lot of water, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but I, I've never tried to be an active swimmer or like trained swimming. So I'm like, I, I think I can pass your swim test, but I'm not sure. Um, I ended up having to go out of town. So I couldn't do the swim test that everybody was doing the next day, but happened to be training in my friend's pool that I was going out of town. They were having a wedding party and they had a pool and I was like, hey, I'm going to just try to tread water to see if I can even do that. Yeah. So did some treading of the water and all of that. And geez, it was so fast. I got home from that wedding party. I think I was teaching a master class. And with, it was within a week that I got a call from Luann, the casting director. And she was asking if I could be in Vegas and at that point, she was like, can you be in Vegas next week? I was like, yeah, I can totally rearrange my schedule. I can come. Mm-hmm. And then within five minutes, the next call was, just kidding, we need you here tomorrow. Oh. And so I was like, oh, 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 okay, great. Was able to luckily get my teaching covered, mm-hmm. and they flew me to Vegas. And I danced the combo and also had to pass all the strength tests. 
which consists of pull-ups and rope climbs mm-hmm. and push-ups and burpees and all of the things. And then went to dinner that night with the casting director and the associate choreographer and got to see the show. And at dinner prior to the show, they were like, so we love you. We would love to have you. So as long as you pass your swim test tomorrow, the job is yours. So it was absolutely no pressure at all to pass this (laughs) swim test. (laughs) So I do my best to sleep that night after I'd seen the show, which after watching the show, um, I had realized that not only was I going to get to do ballroom in the show, but the dancers rotate and get to do the lead role, which as a dancer to do a lead role is unheard of. So I was like, I definitely want this. So now it was more than just a job and money and something fun. Now I wanted it. So I sleep as best as I can. I get picked up. We go to Starbucks. I get the biggest coffee with the most added shots that I can. (laughs) And just say a little prayer. And I magically passed this swim test, which was wonderful. Um, And got the job offer, was able to finish out all of the master classes I had already booked and then moved to Las Vegas within probably two months of that initial audition. Awesome. And how long have you been in La Rev? It's been over five years now, Whoa, which is crazy. That's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, because the plan was a year. The plan was just to move to Las Vegas for a year. I wanted to even rent furniture because I didn't want to move my whole life. Oh my gosh, and yes. I was going to go back to L.A. And Five my years. oh my, how things have changed. <laughs> gosh, it doesn't even seem like that all. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Five years. So I, you're explaining this Larev experience and you're saying things that it doesn't sound like a lot of people train for. You're talking about strength training. You're talking about swimming. You're talking about all these additional things other than dancing. When did you have time to even consider doing those things? When did you strength train? When did you know that these were going to be essential tools for you? Um, I'm thankful that because of my gymnastics career, mm-hmm. I've always been a strong dancer. Yeah. So I've always had that strength and that physicality um but honestly within the two months of your congratulations you have the job but prior to moving I made it a priority every day to get to a pool mm-hmm. or get to a park and do pull-ups and start to create the physique that I knew I would need to be in the show yeah um even though I had the job I also knew that I had to make sure that I was strong enough physically that I wouldn't get hurt and that I could hang and I wasn't going to be struggling with these new elements that I've never dealt with before. It was a crash course for two months. And even when I moved here and I was in rehearsals, I still kept going to the pool and swimming after rehearsals and would take every opportunity I could to keep building that side Mm -hmm. since I knew my dancing was going to be strong enough that wasn't the issue now it was all these new elements that I had to build up so you're in the ref five years what I know you have a side project that you're doing um tell me a little bit about it yes I started um my side brand which is infinity lip sisters Mm -hmm. and it 
all fell into my lap when a girl found magical lipstick that didn't come off in the pool and it didn't smudge. Okay. And I yes. was looking at her on stage and I was like, what the, what, excuse me, why are your lips perfect? Perfect. So I tried on this magic, magical stuff. And I also here in Vegas, I work with a whole bunch of college, the UNLV dance team, high school dance teams. And so the second I put this on, I was like, everybody needs every dancer needs this because it doesn't come off it doesn't smudge it's not going to get on your costumes it's not going to get on your partners you don't have to worry about it being on your teeth and all of that so I was like oh I'm for sure going to start you know helping all of my friends get this and what turned into just I was going to help local people turned into a kind of a booming business for me and I love it because it's something totally different than Mm -hmm. my dance career but it is something else that I'm passionate about, which is kind of funny to say that I didn't really realize what that was. I didn't yeah. even think this was an option. But when you find something that ignites another passion, you're like, oh, well, isn't that fun? And I love doing the makeup. And I got my MUA, my makeup artist with the company and doing makeovers and helping dance teams and sponsoring dance studios and getting these products into people's hands. And it's something that I get to do for me. It's something I'm 100% in control of. If I want to get up and I want to work, I do. If I don't, I take the day off and Mm -hmm. that's totally fine. And it's given me a nice little extra financial bonus in my life Mm -hmm. that is, again, something that I have complete control over. And that's, again, something I'm learning is wonderful because – you never know when the jobs are going to come and go. Mm-hmm. So it's always nice to have a little something that you actually have control over, which again, that type A personality comes yeah. out because I'm like, well, this I have control over. So yeah. <laughs> this I enjoy. <laughs> so really on a side little note about this, this makeup, this magical makeup, when I went and saw it, the very, correct me if I'm wrong, the very first scene of La Rev is you just see it laying on this bench and like brand new, fresh as a daisy. Like the show just opens. The very first thing we see is you just laying on this bench. And then probably 10 seconds later, you're in a pool. Is completely, this correct? Yes. Com- completely. That is this correct. Full Sunk face. On the bench. Bench goes in underwater. Underwater. Full face in the water. Swimming to a scuba diver who then gives me a regulator, which I then put in my mouth. And yeah. I'm breathing off of a regulator, a scuba regulator, put on a scuba mask, am underwater for three minutes, spit yeah. it all out and have to appear on the tree and still am flawless. And that and happened multiple times. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, there she is. And then all of a sudden you were gone. I was like, Wait. whoa, whoa, whoa. And then my questions were like, how is this makeup staying on? What is this costume made out of? How is she wearing shoes right now? All these questions <laughs> go through my head. All but, of these things. Yes. But yeah, no, it is magical makeup because it stayed on from beginning to end. What are some things that are crossing over into this business? Uh, self-motivation, yeah. <laughs> I would say, is the biggest thing. Because as a dancer, your agent will call you and tell you to go to an audition, but nobody's going to make you go except for you. Um, it's the same as going to the gym or keeping your body in shape or putting on an outfit versus sweatpants in the morning. It's all of just that self motivation. And that's also been major in this because it's again, when I choose to do it and there are definitely days that I'm like, I just really, it's been a long day. I've taught and I've rehearsed. I want to just sit on the couch, but Mm -hmm. then I'm like, um, 
actually, no, I have things I need to get done or I need to go check in on this client or I need to do something for my business. And so I'd say self-motivation is the biggest thing that I've taken into my business Mm -hmm. and also just being in front of people. It definitely helps to with social media. Mm -hmm. It helps that I'm totally comfortable to sit in front of a computer. And even though I'm not talking to anybody, when I start a makeup tutorial and I'm entertaining people that are watching in their homes, I'm totally comfortable doing that, which helps a ton that I can sit on there and do my makeup and have a conversation with people that are hundreds and thousands of miles away and feel very relaxed in doing that. Mm -hmm. And then the makeup. I've done makeup my whole life on stage. So that's another thing that I'm very comfortable doing. So it all, even though it was something I never saw coming, it all kind of fits hand in hand with one another. Where do you see yourself going in five to 10 years? What does Erica want to be doing in five to 10 years? I definitely want to still be involved in entertainment. I don't see myself leaving the entertainment industry. I, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's something I'm supposed to be here for. This is what, it's why I'm on the planet is to be involved in entertainment. Whether I am teaching, whether I'm being an associate choreographer, whether I'm actually choreographing, whether I'm behind the scenes in the office, I just, it's something that I have found that I have a gift for that Mm -hmm. I love and I need to be sharing it and having those talents out in the world. Um, it would be silly of me to not continue doing that. And kind of like my career, I never had a, well, I'm only going to do this. Like when I moved to LA, I, I never said, well, I'm only going to do music videos or I'm only going to do commercials or I'm only going to do, I was like, I'm going to do anything that I get offered. That's a fit for me. And allowing the universe to guide my career and not being so set in my ways has allowed me to have so many cool experiences and constantly be working because I've just been open to any possibility. And that is going to continue on, I know, throughout the rest of my career of, all right, well, maybe one day I'm assisting this choreographer, Mm -hmm. but then maybe the next day I'm teaching a master class and then that weekend I'm judging and then the next weekend I'm choreographing. And just continuing on. So as far as what job and where I'm going to be, I don't know, but it will definitely be in entertainment. I will still have my business Mm -hmm. and just being open to whatever presents itself. Right. Okay. So Erica, top five, we hear a lot of advice. People give us a lot of advice and sometimes we take it with us and sometimes we don't. So what are top five pieces of advice people have told you during your career that you keep with you? My dance teacher, my number one, which uh, we've actually kind of talked about is she always said, you will be overtrained. You will always be overtrained and overqualified for a job. Mm -hmm. But that is the best way to walk into any audition. And that has always just stuck with me is you don't ever want to go in worrying that you might not be able to execute something that's given to you. Uh, She said, I guarantee you, you will never, ever, ever have to do a triple pirouette. You will never, ever have to do a whole set of Alice Cone turns. You'll never have to have ballet, but you have it in your back pocket. So you won't ever have to worry about if you're good enough 
to execute it. Mm-hmm. And what we talked about with Lorev is, you know, you train, you train, you train, and you just want to go in knowing that you can do everything that they're going to ask you because auditions are stressful enough. You don't want to yeah. have to worry about if you're going to fall out of your turn sure. or if you're no going to be able to do that jump. So get your training, get it in your back pocket, get everything ready to go. So that's the last thing you have to think about when you're in that room. Who gave you that advice? Was that Michelle? That was Michelle. Yes. I know. I keep saying my dance teacher, Michelle Latimer was yeah. my dance teacher and magical second mother and just an amazing woman and still has a phenomenal studio. No, she does. A lot of great people have come out of her studio. For sure. Yes. She has a whole roster of insanely successful dancers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So that would be my first piece. My second piece, uh, I don't know who necessarily gave it. I'm sure millions of teachers have told me this, but just be respectful. Mm -hmm. Be respectful of your fellow dancer. Be respectful of the person signing you in for an audition. Be respectful of the front desk receptionist at your agency. Be respectful of every be respectful of all humans in life, but yeah. just everyone that you're around because you just, you never, you never know who's going to be on the other side of the table one day. And mm-hmm. if you start showing respect, it'll come back to you. And people can read that in a room of who's a respectful dancer. Same thing is like when you're learning a combo, don't be in the front and pushing other people like if you have it and you get it move move to the side move around like just be a nice person is another way of saying it (laughs) yeah no of course it makes all the sense yeah um and then my third piece of advice kind of came into when i started teaching Mm -hmm. and this one's own own your mistakes don't be afraid to own up to when something went wrong um and as a teacher I always was the first person to, if I was teaching something and then the main choreographer came in and was like, that doesn't look right. I was always the first one to be like, oh, I'm sorry. That was my bad. I taught them wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, It's never nice to be thrown under the bus. And so if you can own up to your mistakes, again, people will respect you. So it kind of goes hand in hand with that. Don't be afraid to own up to that. We're human. Mm -hmm. Nobody's perfect it's okay. You can make mistakes. Just be honest and own up to it and people will respect it. Then fix it, get it right and move mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Um, let's see. My next one also is don't ever burn a bridge ever, yeah. ever, 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 ever. Mm-hmm. And I think I've, I've been super lucky because I've had UDA. I've had stiletto, which was cruise ship world. Um, let's see, I've been judging for Spotlight Dance Company now or Dance Cup for eight years. Like I keep all of my connections yeah. open and in a very great working order because I don't ever want to burn a bridge or close a door to anything because I never know where something might lead to. And even if you haven't worked for the company in years, you never know who's going to call you from that one contract that now needs a person to cast for this or now needs a dancer for this or needs a choreographer for this like keep every bridge working and running and every door open and that also goes with being respectful because if Mm -hmm. you're rude to your colleague at that next audition that colleague might be your choreographer yeah and then you're like "Uh uh-oh and that you won't get the job because you were rude 
Mm-hmm. So all three of those go very, very yeah. hand in hand, but they're all different. And then the very last piece of advice is you have to have fun. You yeah. have to stay grateful and you can't compare your journey to anybody else's. Yeah, sure. Because you literally, if I would have started comparing where I was at with those girls that I moved to LA with, I could have very easily been like, oh, well, I haven't, I haven't actually done a music video yet, or I haven't done this yet or I oh well I didn't do this oh well and if you start comparing you're pretty much going to be down the rabbit hole you can look at inspire look at other girls or other dancers as inspiration but your journey is your journey and you just need to own the path that you're on perfect perfection yep couldn't say it better myself yep. absolutely all right thank you so much Erica You're very welcome, TJ. Thanks for having me. It was so good talking to you. I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Bye. Thanks for joining in on the conversation. To view additional content, follow E's podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to subscribe and leave comments on the episode wherever this podcast can be found. See you next week.